Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. Today's episode is brought to us by Mama Power, a six-month membership program developed by the Mama Ladder for mom entrepreneurs who are serious about getting more done in their businesses. I've been a participant in Mama Power these past six months and have attended monthly online masterclasses from business experts, monthly small group coaching sessions with my business coach, Crystal Lee Beck, and an epic business and adventure retreat called Mama Spring Break in St. George, Utah. All of that is included with the investment in Mama Power, as well as access to three services done for you by the Mama Ladder's approved team of business experts. I chose support in SEO, bookkeeping, and Facebook ads, all areas that I'd been wanting to learn more about in my business, but I just hadn't carved out the time. I'm so grateful to Mama Power for accelerating my business forward these past six months, and I invite 3 and in 30 listeners who are mom entrepreneurs to join this month and also receive a special bonus from me, a 30-minute strategy call where you and I can talk through your business and where you're stuck. Go to 3in30podcast.com forward slash Mama Power for more details, and as always, this information will be linked in the show notes. That's 3in30podcast.com forward slash Mama Power. Hello, my friends. Happy Monday. This episode will be posted late for two reasons. First of all, it has been a super busy week for me as I prepared for and then taught my Declutter Your Motherhood workshop in Arizona this past Saturday. It was incredible and I am exhausted. <laughs> I actually slept in until almost 10 a.m. this morning, which is slightly ridiculous. I don't think I've done that since I was in college. Um, but about 150 women were there at the workshop. Many of them flew in from around the country to be there. And that was thrilling and humbling and just such a gift to get to spend that time with them. If you've been on the fence about attending my workshop, uh, either the upcoming in-person events in Utah on Saturday, October 12th, or one of the online events, one's on Saturday, October 19th, and the other's Wednesday, October 23rd, please come. I'm more convinced than ever that all mothers need this workshop, and I wanted to read you some of the feedback that we received from the event in Arizona. One of the attendees wrote this. Today helped me recognize that starting small, starting at all, and being disciplined is enough to reach my goals. I'm so grateful to have heard from other moms. I'm so happy and relieved to remind myself that I can do this. Thank you for everything. Um, another wrote, holy heck, 
So many aha moments today. I realized how much of my internal clutter holds me back from living the life I want. This was just an incredible day and so worth the time and money. Thank you. So when I read these testimonials, it really makes all the effort worth it for me, to me to put on these workshops. And I truly want you to have this life-changing workshop, either in person or online. So you can go to 3in30podcast.com forward slash workshops for all of the information. And the second reason why this episode is posted late is that it's a heavy, sensitive topic. And I think I've just been intimidated by it. I want to be so careful with what I put out there on this topic because I know that it's triggering Um, for people who've experienced this within their families. I know that there's a lot of different opinions on the best ways to handle this topic, the topic of pornography when talking to your kids. So this episode is just one opinion within a topic that's very broad and very important. But if anything, I just hope that the episode gets you thinking and gets you talking with people you trust about how you want to handle this topic within your home. This is episode 100, which I just have to say, wow, we made it this far. (laughs) How to talk to your kids about pornography. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to be honest and tell you up front that today's topic makes me squirm. Whereas last week's topic of teaching our children about healthy sexuality feels empowering and beautiful to me, this week's topic makes me feel a little sick inside. Today we're going to be talking about pornography and how to warn our children about it. I hate thinking that my sweet little eight-year-old and five-year-old will someday see pornography, but in the culture they're growing up in, I know that they will. And as uncomfortable as that is for me to accept, I need to remember this month's theme that I am my child's most important teacher, and I need to be prepared to talk to them about this. So that's why I'm so grateful to have today's guest with us. Dina Alexander is the founder and president of Educate and Empower Kids, an organization determined to strengthen families by teaching digital citizenship, media literacy, and healthy sexuality education. She's written and co-written 10 books for children and parents on these sometimes sensitive topics, and she speaks all over the country about simple, empowering ways we as parents can prepare and protect our children from what they are going to encounter in the world. She's also a mother of three teenagers, so she's walked with them through all of these topics and discussions. It's an honor to have such a passionate advocate for families on the podcast today. So Dina, welcome to 3 and 30. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Well, I have to say that one thing that jumped out to me right when I read your mission statement was your verb choice where you said that you're determined to strengthen families by teaching digital citizenship, media literacy, and healthy sexuality. I uh, am used to seeing dedicated to, you know, we are dedicated to this. We are, but when I read that, we are determined to. I loved the passion behind that. And I just wanted to start off by asking you, why are you so passionate and determined about this topic? It has been something that Um, started out very simply for me. You know, it was just reading a Facebook article about 
teen porn consumption a few years ago, a little more than six years ago. And I, it was like a fire inside me. I was so floored by what I had read. I was so saddened and disgusted by the commonplace terminology these teenagers were using that it was so, it was so no big deal for them, you know, like, oh, no big deal to have seen every sex act, to have, you know, to have these expectations from their partners, particularly boys having these, you know, ideas of women and the culture around them that I, I was so frustrated and so sad at the time my daughter was in the eighth grade she's she's my oldest now she's 18 almost 19 mm. and I realized oh my gosh I have to talk to as many parents as I possibly can and then as I started researching and deciding okay what can I do I realized I couldn't even get them to talk about sex and I realized okay we got to talk about sex so the first set of books that we wrote was called 30 days of sex talks and we have mm. those for ages three to seven eight to eleven and twelve plus and then it was just pretty natural for us and with all of the research we did to write the next book, which was called How to Talk to Your Kids About Pornography. Because again, people were like, how do you even begin? You know, mm -hmm. how do you even start? And I just, I would, and also just seeing the fear in other parents, you know, that I realized, okay, this is super important. I don't think people realize how big one that the porn industry is and two, how much it impacts our lives, how it has seamlessly woven itself into the fabric of our culture. And so that is why I am definitely determined to talk mm. to as many parents as I can to get them to have these open conversations with their kids, to be a source of information, to realize that they can create a safe place at home to talk about even the most scary of topics. Mm, that's how I feel when I hear these things. I feel like I feel terrified for my young little children who are so sweet and innocent. And so I'm just so grateful for people like you who are doing this work in the world. And we have several of your books. We have the 30 Days of Sex Talks books. And what I love about all of your books is that they're not big, thick, dense manuals. Like what parent no. has time for that? You know, it's like they're colorful, they're actionable, they're guides for parents who want to have these discussions, but just don't know where to start. And some of your books are actually children's books. Like you read them to your children for the children. Mm -hmm. um, and then others are more like guides for parents to read about how to have these discussions and what topics to bring up. I really recommend all of them and we'll for sure link all of the books in the show notes. Um, but today we want listeners to walk away with some actionable tools so they don't even have to pick up a book. They can just listen to this podcast and get started on how to warn their children about the danger of online pornography. So can you just start with your first takeaway? Sure, absolutely. So again, a lot of parents wonder, where should I start? What am I going to even start talking about? And one of the things that I really want parents to think about as we go through these three um, takeaways is to really focus on your end goal. Like, what do you want for your child to know, to understand? And so that brings me to the first takeaway. Now, we grew up with the definition of pornography being very different than what kids are noticing as pornography. For you and I, when we were kids, it was Playboy. It was a naked woman laying on top of a car or in a cornfield or something, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas now it is much more in your face, much more overt, and it is video, right? It is action. It is, it is full-on graphic sexual acts going on that they are going to come across online on their phones, at a friend's house, in school, at scout camp, at a sleepover, okay? So the first thing we need to do 
is to define pornography for our kids, right? And to discuss with them the possible places that they are going to be exposed. Mm. Now, for younger kids, again, it's important to keep it simple because there's a lot of things we can say. Again, because we get nervous, we might, you know, start to think, you know, oh, I have to say everything. No, you don't have to give your kids every piece of information in the first discussion. These should be small, bite-sized conversations. And for younger kids, you want to just keep it simple and tell them that pornography is pictures or videos of people with little or no clothing on. Okay. Mm -hmm. At that point, they might have a question. Feel free to answer that question. And, but you're also, especially if they are already six, seven, eight, nine, or older, you're going to let them know that online pornography usually shows videos of people having sex. Hmm. Okay. Because that is a far more traumatizing experience than just seeing a picture of a naked woman or a naked man, right? Typically yes. a woman. So that is going to be, okay, yeah, I've seen that or, whoa, what is that? But the seeing the video of it typically for kids can be much more traumatizing, like I said, but it's also sometimes a turn on. So they are very confused. Their body is having this reaction. And then, but they're also going, oh my gosh, inside their little, you know, consciousness or their spirit is saying, this is wrong. So we need to be able to give them that definition for older kids. It's okay to have a more explicit definition now. And I don't mean by talking about the sex sex, you certainly may. Okay. Because it is very common in pornography to not just see vaginal sex, right? So for your kids that are older, you know, 10, 11, 12 or older, you may define what those are. Feel free because they're going to see it and you want to define it before they see it somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. But you want to make them understand, particularly older kids, that there is nothing special or beautiful in what is being shown in pornography, that they are taking something beautiful that is sexuality and making it gross or dirty in a way. And it's all in order to make money, right? They want to arouse us and it is for the explicit reason of making money. And so to me, that's an important distinction for older kids to understand because as they are tempted to look at it, as friends show them this, they need to understand that this is not something artsy. This is not something that even if their friends think it's politically correct, that no, this is all exploitation, that they are exploiting these women and that this is not a healthy way to know and understand sex. So again, for kids, just keeping it simple, but for older kids, giving them a little deeper understanding that this is a commercial pursuit. I think it's really important for kids to get that. That's part of that media literacy, that media savviness, just like we might understand that a product out there is not going to make us happy that the point of an advertisement is just to get us to spend money, that that is the same reason why pornographers do what they do. It is for the sake of making money. Yeah. And I do think that that empowers children to make a decision around it where yes. like I can see my son who has kind of a justice personality being like, this is wrong that they're using humans and they're exploiting them and they're exploiting sex. So it really empowers him to take a stand against it. One thing that you mentioned in your outline was we want to teach our kids how to rebel 
against hypersexualized media. Again, yeah. another great verb. I'm an English teacher. Um, <laughs> but just like they, we want them to also be in on the cause of like why this is so wrong that they are rebelling against and not just trying not to look at it because they think like it's bad. They are also part of it with us, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, it is absolutely the, the best idea to get them on board with it, to understand. Just like you, I have a child too, that is very into justice. And I also have another child that is very empathetic that mm-hmm. if, if he understands that these women that are in pornography, they are being taken advantage of and that they are often being hurt or that they are often going into a situation that they are not told that what's going to happen to them, which is very common in the industry, that that child is going to, is going to feel for that. Help them really understand again, that this is not an industry looking out for their best interests. This is not an industry trying to teach them about how amazing and beautiful sex is. They are there solely for the purpose of making money. Mm. And what would you say about what you mentioned earlier, where they may feel aroused by it and they Mm -hmm. may feel shame around feeling aroused by it? Um, How would you address that with a child? Or would you, do you explain that to them beforehand? Do you talk to them? Yes. No, I would. Yes. Well, particularly if they are old enough to understand it, you know, because again, that's, and that's what each parent needs to determine. Does your five-year-old really understand that? Mm, no, probably not. not. But an older child is going to understand, hey, you know, like that's normal. That's natural. That is how our species has survived on this planet. And if you're um, a, a God-fearing person, you can say, God gave us these instincts. We are supposed to be curious and it's okay for us to become aroused that that is again the point of them making these pictures and videos that that is a natural human reaction and so you can even remind them you know more than once it's okay you don't need to be embarrassed you don't need to feel bad because your body has a normal natural reaction to this Mm -hmm. you know and then so that kind of brings me into the next um takeaway that I have Mm -hmm. for parents is to help them because that is something that they need to understand. So we really recommend teaching your kids a plan, creating a plan with them so that your child knows what to do when they've seen. We call it a run plan. Um, So the first thing you want to do is you want to teach your child to recognize what they've seen. So that's, that's where we've already defined it so that when they see it, they know exactly what it is. So they might name it. They might be able to say, okay, that's porn or that's pornography. And they need to know that they got to get out of that situation. So sometimes parents like to role play. That depends on you and your kids, but it's okay to role play. Okay, where am I? Okay, we're on the bus. Your friend pulls this out on his phone and says, hey, I got to show you this. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times that is just the simple situation, whether that's in class, the back of the class, on the school bus, at recess, at lunch, whether that's elementary, middle, or high school. My daughter was exposed in the third grade from another third grade girl at recess, okay? So it can happen anywhere. And so you want to have them, what can, have your kids talk to you about, well, what is a good reaction? What can we say to maybe not embarrass that person or get them in trouble unless they want to, that's up to you guys. But if you want to say, Hey, that's not cool. I'm, I'm going to go, or you know what? I don't like that. Or that's gross. Or you know what? I'm not into porn. Goodbye. Whatever the language that you and your kids want to use to get out, but to have a plan of what exactly they can say that they name it, they get away from it. So that's Mm -hmm. the first part. 
That's the R in run. That's the R. That's the R in recognize what you've seen and get away from it. Mm -hmm. The second part is to understand what you've seen. And so that is where it's important that we talk to our kids about telling us what they've seen. Now, this is not to be embarrassed. This is not for mom and dad to get mad, but this is so that mom or dad or both can help the child understand what they've seen. Because again, that's where we might have a lot of confused feelings, right? I might be embarrassed. I might feel shame. I might just feel turned on or just like, what was that? Like they really might genuinely not know what was going on. And so they want to be able to say, Hey, I saw this, what, you know, tell me what's going on here. And then they will typically have a lot of other questions about sex. If you have not already had some good discussions with your child about sex. So I hope you are having those conversations as well. But anywho, so you want to be able to tell the parent, you know, what you saw that they can help the child make sense of it. Okay. And do you ask them or do you expect them to just tell you that they saw it? It it depends on the child. You know, each of our kids is different. Some of, you know, like I've had three different conversations for all of these points with three different kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never been the same. And some kids, some of my kids have been very open about what they've seen. They typically, when I bring it up, they are very open with me. That again, these are conversations that I have been having for several years with my kids. When I let them know, hey, I've seen this or hey, people are talking about, you know, this kind of, this type of sexting or this or that, you know, oh yeah, I've seen that. Or, oh yeah, somebody has said this. Now that's as they get older, right? I have teenagers now. When they were younger, it was usually their body language that could give it away to me what they, you know, what they had seen or not seen, let's say. Mm -hmm. But I also, again, once I reassured them, hey, it's okay if you've seen this, it's okay that somebody, you know, or it's okay to have these feelings of wanting to see naked people, naked bodies. That is normal. You, you typically see your child relax and that they know they can talk to you. You know, that is, that is part of, for me, the big picture is I want my kids to be able to talk to me about anything. So that is where I am trying over and over in various ways to help my kids know they can talk to me. It's that it's not a big deal, that they're not going to be in trouble for for talking to me about normal things like sex or having a question about oral sex or having a question about anal sex. This is even in elementary school that when they've heard a term, they knew they could come and talk to me about something Mm -hmm. because I had already talked about a lot of other things that were similar. So, So, and one question I have is, do you... So like my son is in third grade. So when you said that your daughter was exposed in third grade, I'm like, eek, you know, I mean, and I know it can, I, I know he's at the age now where it can happen. Sometimes I, I want to just protect him and not put him in situations like I don't want to allow him to ride the bus because I'm afraid that that's where it could happen. But sometimes he needs to ride the bus. And so like as a mom, do you proactively protect them from situations where it's more likely to happen and just not allow them to go to those places? Or do you teach them and expect that they'll be able to handle it when it happens? That's a great question. And it is both. We can't be there for every situation. 
right? Mm. When it comes to um, scout camp, right? There were kids that would sneak a phone, blah, blah, blah. There were different things, but we would still, I would have those discussions, but I also, there was a balance there. There was sometimes that I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to take a stand here. Like we do not do sleepovers. Right. So that's where, that's one place where I'm like, no, I'm going to protect my kids that far because I cannot count how many stories I've heard of, again, not just pornography, but sex abuse, experimenting with drugs that always happened at a sleepover. Again, you just do your best. Okay. Cause none of us can do this perfectly. I'm a big believer in just listening to that little voice inside you when it warns you, when it tells you, you follow that voice. Mm-hmm. So the N in the, in the run plan is to never seek it out again, to talk to your kids about, okay, recognize what you've seen. When you, if you do see something, come and talk to me about it. And now, and then we're going to do our best to never seek it out again. I'm not going to Google sexual terms. I'm not going to hang out with friends, especially like in middle school and high school that I know look at porn. I mean, there are boys and occasionally girls that look at porn right at lunchtime. So we're going to make a commitment that I am not going to hang out with those kids at lunchtime, right? Or I am going to just stay away if there are certain searches or, you know, again, having that discussion, letting them come up with how can I know the different places I might be exposed and to avoid those as much as possible. So you're making a plan with them together and that way you're both on the same team. I think it's also really powerful when they know that you know (laughs) what their commitment was. It kind of holds them to it. So I think that's a great one. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer in deciding ahead of time, you know, helping your kids. Like I'm going to make the commitment. I feel like that is what's kept me from ever doing drugs in high school. I was offered several times in high school drugs. And I just, but I had made that commitment as a 12 or 13 year old, I was never going to do that. And I, so I'm a believer in that. And I made the decision once and then it makes it easy later on. Mm -hmm. Especially if you've practiced scripts and things Mm -hmm. like, I love that you, and I love that you had them define places that they might see it. So they're, they're kind of ready when it happens. They're prepared. They know what to say. Absolutely. So my third takeaway is now, again, I have a lot of parents who they're willing to talk about pornography. They're willing to talk about the negatives. They're willing to say no, but then they forget that the other part of that is talking about the opposite. So my third takeaway is that if you, for your kids to understand the dark, they need to understand the light, meaning that in talking about pornography, you need to talk about the opposite, which is healthy sexual intimacy. And so I know you just had an episode, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it is just so important for us to be very positive, particularly as they are getting older and getting curious, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, that we are letting them know that sex is something that is beautiful, that it is healthy, and that what is being portrayed in pornography is not accurate that it is counterfeit, that it is fake, that they have taken something beautiful and made it, you know, as nothing with to do with intimacy, you know, let them know that pornography has nothing intimate in it. Intimacy, you know, it's hugging, holding, kissing, holding hands, all of these wonderful parts that are the progression in a relationship and that are part of intimacy. Those things are absent in porn. Porn is just about the act and about my own 
sexual pleasure. It's not about my partner. It is not about love. And so there's a lot of conversations that go into talking about healthy sexual intimacy that are fun, that are interesting, that are less threatening. I know a lot of parents fear going right into talking about penis and vagina. You don't have to start there. You can talk about other important things like respect. You can talk about consent. You can talk about what a healthy relationship looks like. All of these things are part of a healthy discussion when it comes to sex. And those are the building blocks to helping them to understand how amazing and wonderful sex, particularly in a committed relationship, can be. And so, again, if we're going to talk about porn, please talk about the opposite. Talk about how amazing and wonderful sex can really be. And as you're saying that, something that's coming to mind for me, I, I'd never really thought about making this distinction for them, that porn is not is not sex or it's not sexual intimacy anyway, um, that there's a big difference there. And one thing that's coming to mind for me is I taught a class to the teenage girls at our church about pornography once. And I, we started out by, I said, God gave us sex. God is, it is a God given thing. It is beautiful. What are the two reasons why he gave us sex? And they said to make babies. And then also after some thinking, they said to connect you know, a husband yeah. and a wife to connect people Absolutely. and to bring closeness and unity. And then I said, do either of those things happen with pornography? No. Like, so obviously this is counterfeit to mm -hmm. what sex was actually intended for. And I think that really helped them to see the difference between healthy sexuality and unhealthy sexuality. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it is so important for them to understand that it is very different, you know, that sex in real life is so much better is so much more wonderful and that they don't need to learn about sex from pornography, that there are other good sources, you know, that there are, you know, people that they can talk to, to learn about what real intimacy, what a real healthy relationship is and that they don't want to learn those things or have those things put in their brain by watching porn. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been powerful. You, I can tell how passionate and dedicated you are. You are phenomenal at what you do. And we're so grateful that we were able to have you on 3 and 30. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you to Dina for coming on 3 and 30 and having this important discussion with us. You can find information about her books, including 30 Days of Sex Talks and How to Talk to Your Children About Pornography in the show notes. And by way of recap, here are the three takeaways from this week's episode. First, define pornography for your children as well as where they're likely to be exposed to it. Second, come up with a plan with them. And Dina recommends the acronym RUN. Recognize what you've seen, understand what you've seen, never seek it out again. So where are they likely to see it? What could they say when someone shows it to them? If possible, role play those conversations with them so that they're ready. And then help them understand that you want them to come to you about it and it's okay if they feel curious or aroused by it. And third, talk to them about the beauty of sexual intimacy. As Dina said, for your kids to understand the dark, they need to understand the light. So when we talk about pornography, we also need to talk about the opposite, which is healthy, beautiful sexual intimacy. I want you to know that after recording this interview, I had a conversation with my family about sex and pornography over dinner. I'd superficially uh, sort of explained pornography to them earlier this year, but that night at dinner, I took a deep breath and told them a bit more. It felt scary, but also empowering and important all at the same time. 
So I have a challenge for you this week, and it's simple. It really ties back to last week's episode as well. This week, I want to challenge you to have one conversation with your family about sexual health. Start where you're ready. If you're not comfortable diving deep into it, start by talking about their bodies or respect, and then let me know that you did it. You can email me or DM me on Instagram. I want to encourage and congratulate you in this important work that we're doing. Moms, we can do this. We can be our children's most important, most fearless teachers. I'm always rooting for you. I would love to meet you at one of my upcoming workshops. So check those out if you haven't. And I hope you have a great week with your family.